I've got two things on my heart, and they both, I'm going to try to compress it, and try to say it in a way that's also a biblical concept, but in a way that hopefully is applicable to your life, you know. And so, uh, let's do it. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. We started here in the Bible, if my clicker would work, yep. What does God love? What does God love? We talked about this, the two things that God loves. Number one, that God loves the world. Amen. The greatest verse we know in Christianity, for God so love the world. Amen. What does that mean? That means that people matter to God. People are significant in God's eyes. Amen. That's why God would send his own son. Amen. Come on, look at, you, look at your neighbor for a moment. I know you're saying a lot of faith statements, but hopefully it drops from your head and mouth into your heart. And so look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you are significant in God's eyes. Therefore, you're very significant to me. Amen. Now look at your other neighbor, your second choice, and say, neighbor, you matter to God. Therefore, you matter to me. Amen. Hopefully by the end of the message that really is not just a faith statement. Amen. And so God loves the world. Everybody say God loves the world. Number two we know this that God loves the church. Well, we can say it out loud. Let's do it again. One, two, three. God One more time. Yes, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, Husbands, love your wife, just as also Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Amen. So God loves the world. God loves the church. We looked at this for two weeks and we said that, you know, there are different words used in the Bible because the New Testament, when it was written, it was written in the Greek language, some parts in Aramaic, and Old Testament was written in the Hebrew language. And whenever the word church is used, there are many, many words used, but there are three common words that are used in those languages for the word church. And so I gave you a fourfold definition of whenever you see the the word church in the Bible. It means this. Number one, it means called out, connected to God, confront darkness, champion. What does that mean? That means this, that number one, that you and me, church is not a building, it's not a mortar, it's, it's, it's not some kind of stones and bricks, but you and me, we are people who've been called out of sin, called out of darkness, called out of bondage. Amen. We have been empowered to be free people. Amen. And so we are called out. Number two, we have a belonging and identity. Amen. That we are connected to God. Our identity is this, that you and me, we have a father. Amen. That you and me have an identity. That you and me have a belonging. We belong to the family of God. And when somebody says to who are you, you're not a Presbyterian. You're not a Methodist. You're not a charismatic. You're not a Pentecostal. You are a child of God. Am I making sense to you? That's your identity. You got God as your father. Amen. You got a belonging. Number three, you confront darkness. Amen. That a church, 
we are called not to sit on the side of the fence but to confront darkness to invade territory to bring the kingdom of god on earth as it is in heaven amen those things that are in the heart of god and number 4 you have been championed by jesus to invade earth with heaven's reality that means looking at marriages looking at education looking at government looking at your city looking at whatever area that is designed by god that does not look like god you and me have been championed as a church to go in that area and invade that area with kingdom assignment am i making sense to you come on look at your neighbor one more time say neighbor you are the church amen come on look at your other neighbor the second choice and say neighbor i am the church Amen. And so we looked at this uh, verse in the book of Acts chapter number 16 verse 4 and 5. This has been our foundation verse also. Because at that time when the church was established in the book of Acts. They had leadership. There were was one in Jerusalem. One in a place called Antioch. There was a group of leaders. And they went around giving some kind of guidelines. Some kind of direction. And how to live life together as a church that God has called us to. And so the Bible says. they travel from town to town they presented the simple guidelines uh, that jerusalem apostle and leaders has come up with they t- uh, that turned out to be most helpful day after day the congregations became stronger in faith and larger in size amen why they got some wisdom some direction given to these places and when they followed this direction the bible says they became stronger in faith and larger in size i want to imprint that upon your heart and your mind why because i have listen in 2023 we're going to become stronger in faith and larger in size amen and so would you again look at your neighbor for a moment i know this is very interactive this morning you know and then so come on look at your neighbor and say neighbor in 2023 we as a church we're going to go stronger and larger amen, amen. hallelujah and so i dealt with some of the things in first week i talked about the foundation and i gave you the five v principles that are there things like voice what is the voice that we have what is the vision that is there what are some of the values what are the vehicles to go from a uh, to b then i talked about what i call the five a's framework what are some of the system what are some of the strategies and things like that so today i'm going to talk about the the fabric of the church some of the things that kind of make it happen okay and so in order for me to do that i'm going to maybe <laughs> Uh, go a different route to come back here so that you know you understand uh, what i'm trying to <laughs> do okay and so here's the question and i know the, the, this is a open ended wide question but here's the question what kind of person are you now i know there are like a thousand different possibilities okay but i want you to take uh, is yuraj abdul uh, i i this one i want to do for a few mo- uh, maybe not for 30 seconds what are we going to do for 30 seconds i want you to uh, uh, yuraj do we have like a 30 second timer okay so that we don't take more 
you know, I want you to just take 30 seconds, 30 seconds. Okay. And I want you to turn to the person you're most comfortable with, left, right, behind, forward. And I want you to take, there's going to be a time, just take 30 seconds. And I want you to just take that time to tell the person what kind of person you are. I know you can see a lot of things, but let's see what comes out of your mouth for the next 30 seconds. Or what you really think about you. Okay, so can we put a timer on? Oh, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> You're cheating them for five seconds. Come on. Look. Huh? It will start on 30. Okay, okay. Let's do one, two, three. Go. Three seconds, two seconds, one second. Okay, stop. What kind of person are you? Okay, can we just take a, take a quick, maybe three people, okay? I don't want you to tell about you. I want you to tell for the person next to you what they said about themselves to you. So, can we take a moment? Who will volunteer? Let's take one from this side. Hold on, get the mic so everybody can, can you just come up here? Yeah. Okay. Sananda said that she is crazy. And she kept saying crazy, but crazy for the Lord. Okay. Let's take somebody from the middle row. Um, I apologize, I do not know her name, but she is actually an angel. She's a beautiful person. She was saying she's revolutionary, and she believes in standing up for what is right. I love that about her. Wow, fantastic. Anybody from this side? It's not a fair question, but anybody? Volunteer? Come on. You don't want me to volunteer you. Do you have to live with him? Okay. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's my brother Sonny, and he said he's humble, and he's humble and generous. She love it. Okay. Well, he's a humble. Uh, sometimes it takes, you know, a lot of guts to figure out what to say about yourself. Because you don't want to be, like, you know, arrogant. You don't want to be... But I'm sure nobody says, I'm just a horrible person. <laughs> you don't want to be sitting next to me. I hope nobody said that. But, but I just want to do that because I want to ask this question, what kind of person are you? And I know it's a wide range of things. I'm kind of zeroing in on something this morning. But, so before we answer this question, let's see what kind of person Jesus is, just for a moment, okay, in this area. The Bible says in Luke chapter number 13, it says this, and behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years, and she was bent over and could in no way raise herself. But when Jesus saw her, 
<laughs> he called her to him and said, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her. And immediately she was made straight and glorified God. The Bible says, when she saw this woman, she was bent over. For whatever reasons in life that pushed her down, that, 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 that made her bent over. For whatever reasons in life, the, the load of things and the pressure of things, of things going on in her family, in her finances, her future, whatever it is that caused her to bend over. Jesus said, hey, listen, I can straighten you up. Jesus said, hey, I am the guy who lifts up people. I am the guy who lifts up people whose heads are hanging down in depression, who is walking around that there is no hope for the people. I am the guy that lifts up people. You see, you see the Bible says in Psalm 3, but you, O Lord, are a shield for me and my glory and the one who lifts my head. Now, now, keep the thought in mind. What kind of person are you? Well, I've got a thousand things that you could say about yourself, that you are humble, you are nice, and, and then you're always joyful, and you always help out, and you're committed, and, and, and all the things you could say. I want to zero in on something. I want to zero in. Are you the type of person? Okay? You're the kind of person who has lifted yourself to the highest level possible in a healthy, humble, biblical manner. That means you're the type of person, you say, you know what? I want to work on myself. I want to better myself. I want to grow. I want to live in excellence. I want to be the type of person that is useful. I don't want to be a type of person that just hangs his head down and life is bad and he's going, boy, he's never going to get better than this and, and blah, blah. No, I'm going to be the type of person that, 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 that works on myself, works on my attitude, works on my behavior, works on my education, works on everything that's in my life that's hanging down and say, you know what? I'm going to lift myself up. Right? Because the Bible says something like this. You cannot love somebody unless you don't love you. Again, not in an arrogant way, but in a healthy, humble, biblical manner. Am I making sense? Here's the second point. You're the kind of person who has lifted others to the highest level possible. That means when you see people, your number one thing in your mind is, how can I lift them up? It's not what I can get out of them. It's how... Can I lift them up? Now, I hope you understand that there is no number two without number one. You, if you can't lift yourself up, you can lift others up. Hello, somebody. If you don't love you, can't love others. If you don't care about you, Remember when you sit on the plane, before the plane takes care, you say, listen, in case there is an emergency, there'll be this mask that falls out of the sky, you know, not really the sky, but, but on the top. He said, when you take that oxygen mask, he says, first put it on yourself. And then he says something scary to all the mothers, even if you have a child. First put it on you, then take care of the baby, otherwise you and the baby, you both are in danger. And so he said, what kind of person are you? You're the kind of person who has lifted yourself. Therefore, I can also now lift up 
others. If you don't leave you, guess what? You don't care about others. Am I making sense to you? And so the second question would be, what would stop a person from lifting others up? What would stop a person from lifting others up? What would stop a person from lifting others up? Any volunteers? This side, any volunteers? Just say one thing. Miss Queen? I'm not confident in what you're saying to that person. Not confident? Put you on the spot. Um... I mean, I'm just think of it. I'll come back to you. Oh, you sorry. I would have to reiterate what what she would say. You know, okay. not being confident, not 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 being outgoing. You know, some people aren't as as okay. outgoing. That's more difficult. Personality, discouragement, discouragement, uh, lack of self confidence, lack of self confidence. Okay. What would stop pride? Anything else? Self hatred. You don't like yourself. Bitterness, selfishness, jealousy, fear. Yeah, these are all things that are there. I mean, I made my own list this morning. Number one, insecurity. Low self-image. Ego. Personality. Not a priority. (laughs) Wrong concept of God. Wrong success concept. <laughs> Everything is about me. Don't care about you. <laughs> Am I making sense? You can't see the potential in people's lives. <laughs> you don't have the training. How many of you know? I know you might not say this, but some people blessed you the most when they left the room. <laughs> You're like, they're gone. <laughs> Right? The Bible says, but God who encouraged those who are discouraged, encourages by the arrival of Titus. It's like, when Titus was God in the room, the room lit up. When Titus came to the house, the house was glowing. When Titus walked into two people, uh, they're talking, they got excited. Hello, somebody. Now, now the question would be, what about you? What about you? Do people say, oh my God, he's here. Oh my God, she's here again. Or or do they say like, thank God she's gone. (laughs) Or they say, I can't believe they're here. I am so excited. Hello, somebody. Listen, the Bible says, now since we have chosen to walk with the Spirit, Let's keep each in step with perfect sync with God's spirit. This will happen when we set aside our self-interest and work together to create two community, true community instead of a culture consumed by provocation, pride, and envy. He said, listen, if you really walk with the Holy Spirit and you are really in sync with the Holy Spirit, then you got no problem syncing with people who think different, who have a different opinion than yours. Why? Because you have laid aside envy and pride and, and provocation. You have laid aside self-interest. And you say, you know what? Hey, 
If I have to lose the argument to win the person, I lose the argument. Why? Because the person is more important than the argument. Hello, somebody. What kind of person are you? Listen, the passion says, So I'm asking you, my friends, that you be joined together in perfect unity with one heart, one passion, united in one love, walk together with a harmonious purpose, and you'll fulfill my heart with unbounded joy, free from pride-filled opinions. What pride-filled opinions means is that if somebody doesn't have the same opinion as you, you get angry. You raise your voice. That's called immaturity. That's called, (laughs) I don't care what you think about me, you would think that I'm the worst person in the world. Well, I am. (laughs) We don't need the devil to kill us. We kill ourselves very good. We murder ourselves. Why? Because our pride is challenged. Hello, somebody. He said, don't allow self-promotion to hide in your heart. Be authentic in humility. Put others first. I like this. Be authentic in humility. Be authentic in humility. I should do a whole series on that. You know why? Because sometimes you got false humility. Have you met those people? Not the person sitting next to you, but those people who any question you ask, he's just Jesus. <laughs> he's just Jesus. <laughs> who do you like? Just Jesus. Who do you want to be like? Like Jesus. Like Jesus, Jesus. They say so much Jesus, you want to slap him. Why? It doesn't sound right. Why? They're saying the right stuff, but there's no authenticity. Am I making it? Why? Because the internal, external doesn't match. It's not the right words. It's the right person saying the right words. <laughs> That sinking has to be there. And so, listen, what kind of person are you? Are you the person that lifts yourself? Are you the person that lifts others up? Sometimes it takes great sacrifice to lift others up. Sometimes it, you have to, we can't be afraid of failures. We have to learn to judge by the present and not the past. We have to focus on their character. We have to learn. Hey, Jesus would lift this person. How? Can I find a way to lift up this person? Now, in the Bible, there's this man, Barnabas. I would say this guy above all else, the people that I know in the Bible, is a guy who lifts others up. I would say he's a guy who lifts others up. And if you have never thought of a name, Barnabas, I know it sounds old school, but, 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 but it's a great name. It's a great name. And you're going to like it after I get through with it. Why? It's a great name. I know it's not the Google's 2023 hottest name to name your kids, but it's a great name. You know? Why? Because Barnabas saw needs and met them. Okay? Now, listen to this. As the believers united in heart and mind, and they felt what they had owed was not their own, so they shared everything they had. The apostle testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's great blessing was upon them all. You see, listen, they were all together, they were, accord, they were living life, long, uh, life together, they were enjoying. If somebody was in need, they would give to their needs. He said, Hey, you don't have gas, don't worry, I'll put gas in your car. Hey, you don't have a place to go to eat, hey, come with us to eat, I'll pay for your lunch. I mean, they're just looking at needs and and taking care of it. 
And as they're doing this, he said, there were no needy people among them. Because those who own land, houses, would sell them. And bring the money to the apostles to give those in need. <laughs> Have you ever met anybody? <laughs> They're like, I'm going to sell my house. Why? Because those people are in need. It's the whole concept like seek ye first the kingdom. No, no, house, let's leave. Let's wait when God can give me that million dollars and I have some excess. And out of that excess, maybe then one day I will uh, uh, be something in the hand of God to bless others. <laughs> These people like, we're going to sell a livelihood. We're going to sell a house. <laughs> Crazy people. <laughs> Hello, somebody. Do, do you still want to lift others up? <laughs> Now listen, this is Bible. The Bible gives illustration. He said, listen, they bring money to the apostles. For instance, he says, example. He says, example. Listen to this. There was a man by the name of Joseph, the one who the apostles nicknamed Barnabas. His name was Joseph. But nobody knows Joseph. Nobody knows Joseph. Say, who was Joseph? (laughs) They know Old Testament Joseph. Why? Because he'd been through some bad stuff. They, they knew a New Testament Joseph. Oh, that was that Mary's husband who, you know, was weird to her. But they don't know this Joseph. But, but this, he says, the apostles nicknamed him Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. His name is actually Joseph. But, but every time he's among the, every time the apostle sees him, he's like, man, this guy is always encouraging people. This guy is lifting people up. This guy is always meeting needs. This guy, you get out of me. Every time we see him, he's lifting somebody up. He's lifting somebody up. He's lifting somebody up. Who's that guy? That, that's a guy who lifts people up. What's his name? Don't care about his name. Let's give him a new name. Let's call him the guy who lifts up people. Barnabas. Let me tell you a story very quickly. You might not know this, but people have a nickname for you. (laughs) I know some of us get angry. Why can't you spell my name right? Because maybe they don't see you as that name. (laughs) Hello, somebody. Whether you like it or not, everybody's got a nickname. That nickname comes from your lifestyle. (laughs) Hello, somebody. It comes from your lifestyle. And so they might not say, oh, Josiah is here. They might say, oh, that crazy dude is here. (laughs) Are are you understanding what I'm trying to say? They might not say, hey, uh, uh, call Naru. No, no, they'll say, call that guy. You You know who? Then whatever they think about the way they see your life, that's the label that they're going to put. Here, when they said Joseph, who's that guy? That guy who always lifts people up. That's that guy. I was looking at Brother Ralph because when Ralph, Brother Ralph shows up in the office, I don't know if you've seen Brother Ralph during the week. Because he drives this truck. And so whenever he walks, comes to the church, we say, oh, Walker, Texas Ranger is here. Because <laughs> he's got that truck, he's got that look, he comes, anyway, sorry. <laughs> what do people say about you? Are you the guy who lives others up? 
Barnabas, that's his name. Why? Because he's always lifting. Why? Because he finds the need, meets it. Listen, the Bible says Barnabas always saw possibilities in people. The Bible says when Saul arrived in Jerusalem, he tried to meet with the believers. But when they were all afraid of him, they did not believe he had truly become a believer. Then Barnabas brought him to the apostles. Now you remember the story. He was Saul who converted to Paul. His back history was that he killed people, especially women and children, drugged them out of the house, burned up the house and threw them in jail. God met with him. He became a believer. Everybody was afraid of him. <laughs> what does Barnabas do? Barnabas says, hey, listen, this guy, God did something. He takes Barnabas, and, sorry, he, 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 he takes Saul and brings him before the whole council and the church. Hey, listen, trust him. You trust me, trust him. Wow. Hello, somebody. Am I making sense if somebody needs a loan from the bank and they ask you to co-sign, it's easy. When somebody asks you to co-sign on their reputation, very hard. <laughs> Hello, somebody. Very hard. But this guy takes chances with people. He said, why? Because I'm the guy that lifts up people. <laughs> he said, listen, don't worry. Trust him. Yeah, but he's got such a bad track record. I know. Trust him. Amazing. This guy promotes people. He could have had the spotlight himself. But he said, you know what? I think God can... Because he sees through the lens of potential in others. Let me explain. Listen to this. Acts 11. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. When he found him, he brought him back to Antioch. Both of them stayed there with the church for a full year, teaching large crowds of people. It was at Antioch that the believers were first called Christians. So <laughs> Nikki, what do you mean? Listen. There was a move of God in this city. There's a move of God. People were hungry. They wanted to know God. They wanted to go after God. They were looking for somebody who would teach them, who would be a leader over them, who would speak into their life. And so Barnabas was known. He was a person who had good reputation, ordination. He, he had all the things with the apostles. He was one of the guys at the main church. And so they said, teach us. Uh, Barnabas said, hold on. He runs, he goes, looks for Saul. (laughs) He takes Saul. (laughs) Everybody doesn't like him. Nobody. But no, I see potential in this guy. I see God could use this guy. I I know. Yeah, but, 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 but Barnabas, you served faithfully. You did well. Now it's your time. You can now stand before the people. You can be a famous name. Everybody will buy your books and CDs. I mean, you can go from this church to that church and be the great apostle over this region. What? That's not who I am. I am the guy who lifts up people. And this guy is downtrodden. Let me go get him. And so he goes, get Saul. Nobody knows Saul. Everybody is afraid of Saul. Nobody wants to give him a chance. He takes him. Brings him. He said, you speak. Paul teaches. And he teaches. And he teaches. He ends up staying there for a number of months. Then years. He builds the church. Appoints elder. And and he goes, go to another place. Go to another place. Nobody knows Barnabas. Everybody knows Paul. Nobody wants to be like Barnabas. 
Every, why? He's a fantastic teacher. He's called by God. He's a fantastic, I mean, look at his testimony. But Barnabas, don't care. He's happy. <laughs> why? Because he's not looking for the applause from people. He's looking just to be who he is. I am the guy who lifts up people. Yeah, but they didn't recognize you. You were done wrong too. I wasn't done wrong too. I did what I'm supposed to be doing. If they did that, I'll have to run. Because <laughs> I'm not that guy. I'm the guy who lifts up people. Am I making sense to you? He's the guy who lifts up people. He's the guy who, 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 who sees possibilities in people. He's the guy who gives second chance to people. He's this guy who gives second chance to people. Why? Because there's a guy, young guy, young man by the name of John Mark. John Mark went on a mission trip. And on a mission trip, he saw some deliverance cases. Got scared. He's like, oh my goodness, what is this, all this fool? Ran away. Paul got angry. Paul says, why do you bring such an immature guy? Why you go? Let him go. Paul says, no, I want to take you. Why? Because we've got to groom him. God has, there's something in him. Paul, <laughs> he did not say once, Paul, don't you remember what I did with you? He didn't say like that, because he doesn't think like that. He said, listen, you might, okay, don't worry, I'll go after him. And he would go after him, worked on him. <laughs> A little bit later, a few, almost well, 16, 17 years later, he says something like this. Paul writes, he says, hey, uh, you, you know that guy who I thought was useless? <laughs> who, bring him. He's very useful to me. Why? <laughs> there is a guy called Barnabas. <laughs> he was working on him. <laughs> Listen, what kind of person are you? What kind of person are you? Are you the guy? Are you the woman who lifts people up? Now, Nikki, why are you saying all these things? Because please understand, you've got a choice. Now, a few weeks ago... I said to you that the vision of the church is these three things. It's to know and pursue God, number one. Number two is to live strong and prepare leaders. And number three, to do exploit and pilot God's people. God's purpose, sorry. And, and then I told you this in the first session, is this, that, that, that this is our vision. Know and pursue God. Live strong and prepare leaders. Do exploit and pilot God's purpose. Then I told you what is the vehicle. How do we know and pursue God? Well, we do that Sunday mornings. When we gather together as a church, our focus is this one thing. How can we help you to know God? How can we help you to pursue God? That's our focus Sunday morning. The second part of that vision is is to live strong and prepare leaders. Now, one of the ways we can do that is what we call life groups. Life groups. That's a great way to lift up people also. Hello, somebody. And so, this morning, here's what I want to say to you. If you want to be the type of person who lifts others up, one of the ways that you can do that is by being part of of a life group. What do you mean? You see, the Bible says in Acts chapter number 2, 
Peter stood up and preached a message. People's hearts were pricked. And this is what they said. Peter replied, he said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you all and your children. And he says, what should I do to get saved? He said, repent. And so, this is what we call salvation. Salvation, there are two, it's the same coin with a head and a tail. There's a two, two parts of that. Number one, by repentance, you are born again. By repentance, you become part of the family of God. Amen? You receive salvation. That's the first part of salvation. The second part of salvation, Philippians chapter number 2, it says, work out your salvation with the fear of the Lord. Work out your salvation with the fear of the Lord. Well, how does that happen? Listen to this. It says this. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Number one, by repentance. You receive the goodness of God that leads to repentance. You are saved. You are born again. No longer has the power of sin and death over you. You are part of the family of God. Now the second part of salvation is now save yourself from this present generation or this crooked generation or the evils of the present world. The toxicness of the environment. How do we do that? Peter goes on to say, he says, do this by, the the believers, they devoted themselves to four things. Number one, apostles teaching. Number two, fellowship. Number three, holy communion and sharing meals together. Number four, prayer. If you want to know what a church is, it's a great place to start. A church is a place where there is apostolic foundation. Just because two or three are gathered at Starbucks is not the church. Hello, somebody. Okay. Church needs to have eldership rule. It needs to have foundation of apostles and prophets. Okay. Why? That's the storehouse where the Bible says in Malachi chapter number 3. Bring your tithes where? Into a storehouse. It doesn't say send. It doesn't say, well, so and so blessed me so much. You know, they changed my life. I'm going to send my tithe to them. You can do whatever you want. But, but the effect of that tithe is useless. Why? Because... Deuteronomy chapter number 12. He says, take the sacrifice to the place where my name is and where my leaders are set. Now, the second part of that is fellowship. Two fellows in a ship. What do you mean fellowship? How do we save ourselves from the present generation? By fellowship. Now, now, the believers in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, they gathered together like we are doing this morning. And they also gathered in homes. They gathered together. And so when you read the book of Acts, it will say something like this quite frequently. And they went to the temple on the Lord's day. And they met house to house publicly. 
Why? There is an equal balance in fellowship. When we come together as a church Sunday morning, we come together for communion, for teaching, for prayer. We come together. But also, we come together in smaller units. What we call is home gatherings. We call it life groups at church. Now, some people call it small groups. Some people call it cell groups. And the word cell did not come from prison cell. It came from red cells and blood cells, meaning to say that there are some small groups, they are equipping groups, and there are some cell groups that are evangelizing uh, groups that are there, meaning the red cells and the white cells. That's where the term came from. We call it life group. Why? Because we believe that IFC does not have life groups. We believe that the life groups have IFC. Why? That's the most important thing that is there. What? Connection. You coming to church Sunday morning and sitting down is not connection. You coming and connecting with people, getting to know people, their gifts, their call, serving, that's called connecting. That's called body ministry that is there. Am I making sense to you? Why? You recognize insecure people won't have ministry done from anybody else. They say, don't let anybody lay hands on me. Why not? Why are you so scared? You just don't understand. No, I just think you're stupid. Why? Because body, if you have any ounce of that thinking, please understand. That's not a godly thinking. When the Bible says, let no man lay hands suddenly, that's talking about ordination. Okay. Don't be so insecure. Don't be so like, I'm going to have a wrong spirit come over me. Oh. You go to work every day, you don't feel like any wrong spirit comes on you then? Like, like, like please understand, you carry the glory of God. I've slept in temples. These all gods, this, that. I don't care. I take a thing, go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, it's wrong atmosphere. I know, but you got the right guy in there. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Because the greater is in you than he that is in the. Yeah. You, 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 you. I, I'm not going to lay somebody lay hands on me. Usually, those kind of people stay in need all throughout their life. They live from miracle to miracle, miracle to miracle, miracle to miracle. They never enter a place of what I call blessing. You know what blessing is? You don't need a miracle. You create miracles for others. <laughs> Why? Because you're open to God using people to be a blessing into your life. And again, I'm not just talking about you going somewhere and laying hands. I'm talking about you, church. When you know that God has brought you into a community, placed you, then learn to receive from one another. Am I making sense? I'm not talking about you going out somewhere you don't know. No, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the house of God. Why? If God has brought you and plugged you here, you might not know everybody, but in the wisdom of God, God took that person and planted him or her among our family. Am I making sense to you? He says, while Peter was in prison, the church... What church? The life group prayed. 
It was not the temple church. It was the church in the house that prayed. Am I making sense to you? <laughs> and then so I want to say to you today, Acts chapter number 12, it says, when he realized this, he went to the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark, where many were gathered for prayer. Now, John Mark's mother, what did she do? She was a woman. Right? And she was a leader. Wow. And she hosted a life group in her house. Wow. In the New Testament, women can lead. Amazing. They can lead house groups. Amazing. Hello, somebody. Wow. John Mark was more famous than this lady. (laughs) John Mark... He was with the big dogs. I mean, he was going with the apostles everywhere, preaching, having... You see, everybody likes missions. Why? Because everybody loves you. They think you are the greatest. They think like you are God's apostle to them. Everybody loves you. And you also tend to like it. Why? Because nobody knows you. You can say anything. You can say do anything. The question is, do the people that sit in front of you like you? Hello, somebody. Why? Because we come together in a group and we serve. And so the reason we call it life group is because that is our purpose. The purpose of life group at IFC is fourfold. Number one is to, is love. That means when we come together in a group, when we connect it together, that's where you'll find care. That's where you'll find friendship. That's where there is help for crisis. That's where there is accountability. That's where people will stand with you, pray with you. You are in the hospital. The doctors say, hey, you got to be admitted to this. Hey, you call your life group. The people will stand with you, pray with you, and help you get through that season. Am I making sense to you? They love you. They are the ones that they, they, they care for you. Well, I've been going to the life group. I don't see anybody caring for me. Yeah, because you go once in four months. Yeah, I'm part of it. No, just because you're on chart, you're not part of it. Part of it meaning that you are lifting people up. Here's how people do. They go to live. Okay, can I get a chair? Okay, can I get a chair? Can, is, there a chair? is there a chair? Sorry. Yeah. People, I, I go to live group. Whole one and a half hour. Pray. Yes, let's pray. They walk out the same way they came in. Listen, my advice. If you're going to come and not do anything, don't come. We're not looking for people to come and sit. Not looking for people to come and warm the chair. We are looking for connection. How can we come and find how can I lift people? It's not a time. Well, you know, I've been reading all day and, and you know, the news. And, do you know what's happening? Throw all that out the door. You come in and say, hey, let me focus on the people. Who are the people here that need to be lifted up? Who are the people I can love? 
Listen, life group is a place where there should be instruction in God's word. That means something has to be said from the Bible that is teaching in principle. I don't care whether you meet at a bowling alley. I don't care whether you meet at, at somebody's house. I don't care whether you meet under the balcony over here. I don't care you meet at the restaurant. As long as you are doing these things, you are a life group. Am I making sense to you? That means there's some kind of help offered you from the scripture. There is fellowship. Two fellows in a ship. There is exchange going on. There is evangelism, meaning to say, hey, you care about those people who don't know Jesus. (coughs) Hello, somebody. Why? Because it takes sacrifice. Why? Because it takes something, you being inconvenient. I'm telling you, I wonder, what if Sunday was not a holiday? I wonder, would people still take a day out of the week to make it a Sabbath and come together? The only reason we don't come to life group, why? It's not convenient. Listen, worship is never about convenience. Every time it is convenience, it is not worship. It's not worship. And so, what you see value for, you got to make time for. Am I making sense to you? And so, here's I want to say to you as IFC, listen, in 2023, it is my desire. You find, maybe you got things going on here, there, But find a way this year to come and build healthy relationship with people. Yeah, but I don't like the people. Listen, ask God. God, who are the people that I need to be plugged into and with? God, how can I be a blessing? How can I live? Ask God and he will direct you. Am I making sense to you? But but I want to encourage you. Be part of a life group. Why? Because please understand, when you come together, there the Lord commands a blessing. Am I making sense to you? There. Why? In that unity of relationship. I know we talk about unity as a church, but listen, forget about the church. Talk about the church in the small group, life group. Why? Because those are the people you get to know. That's where your gift is used. That's where you step out. That's where you, you, you speak into somebody's life. That's where you get a prophetic word. That's where you get an opportunity to help someone in their need. That's where you go get, get to bless someone. Why? It's your unit. It's your army unit. Your people who will pray with you, stand with you. Your people will encourage you. Am I making sense to you? But nobody does it for me. Listen, when you start lifting others, God will find people who lift you up. The Bible says something. If the man who has many friends is because he's friendly. Am I making sense? It says iron sharpens iron. So does one person. I got two more scriptures and I'll close with this. I got two more scripture verses. Well, actually the same scriptures in a different verse. He says, let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping God. Not avoiding worshiping together as some do, but spurring each other on. Okay. In response to all he has done for us, let us outdo each other in being helpful and kind to each other and in doing good. Let us not neglect our church meetings as some people do, but encourage and warn each other. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to get you to do anything. You don't have to do anything at all. My job is to give voice to the scriptures. 
And, and I don't see, maybe you can find it anywhere, but, but I will challenge you to go through the Bible and every time it says somebody coming together, it gives a warning. <laughs> so coming together gives a warning. It's coming together gives a, a warning. Why? He said, listen, God commands a blessing when we are together. Every time Paul and Barnabas, every time they were together, even in the midst of a storm, God brought breakthroughs. When he split, they stoned him to death. (laughs) And they had to raise up Paul. (laughs) He actually died. Why? Togetherness. 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 And so I'll close with this. Now, people say, well, how can I lead a life group? And the reason I put this up is because many people, they say to me, well, well I know you got groups going on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and then on Thursday, and, and, but it just doesn't fit me. Then start one. Start one. Find some people. Because I know there are a lot of people in the church who are not in life group. Talk to them and say, hey, why don't we start a life group at noontime? Because that's where I'm free. Or... Or you say, you know what, hey, I can sacrifice, I can make something, and I can make this a priority. Let's meet at Panera Bread every Saturday at 11 o'clock. We can have this together and our life group together. I don't care. Start. Why? The key is building relationships. Okay. Building relationships. That's the key. Number one, if I, how can I start a life group? Well, first of all, make sure that you're a believer and you're a Christian. I know that goes without saying. But it's amazing how many people sit in church year after year and they're not really, you know, they see all the right stuff, but they've never <laughs> had an experience with God, you know, and then they're not Christians. Number two, make sure you're a member of IFC. Why? Because a life group unit is in the church, okay? And so you're, you're taking church. Number two, make sure you're a tither. It's an important thing. A tither. Yeah, I had a friend. You know, he used to travel a lot. And, and I traveled with him one time. He, I got scared of him. Uh, uh, we, we one day, we, we landed in a particular airport and those people came to pick us up. And when they came to pick us up, this guy, who are the church sent to pick us up, this guy looked at them, hey, are you a tither? I'm like, what? Is that the question you want to ask the people who you gone to preach? You just landed, they came to pick you. He says, uh, uh, he got scared. He said, no, he said, don't touch my bag. He said, I don't want robbers to touch my bag. <laughs> anyway, I just thought I put it in. Anyway, sorry. Make sure that you are growing spiritually. You can have a desire to lead, but, but two people follow you. Because you can have a desire, but nobody listens to you. Nobody follows you. He said, hey, let's get together. Nobody shows up. Am I making sense too? And so ask the question, uh, do you have facilitation skill set? That, that means hey, when people come together, are you able to encourage, bring them together, give them the place, stand with them? Do you have the facilitation? I mean, you should ask this question because a lot of people come to me and say, I want to start a group, I want to start a group, I want to start a group. I was like, I know, but, but I know I can do it. And they do it and nobody shows up. 
Are you understand what I'm trying to say? Now, I'm not saying that you should not do it. Maybe you should work with somebody else for a while. Maybe you should learn. Have somebody coach you. That means it's a great place before you start a new one. Join one. <laughs> and get trained. Get understanding. Get know how. And then help that, let that group help you launch out to another group. Am I making sense? You can lead one or... You might say, well, I'm not a leader, but, but you know what? I can host one. What does that mean? That means I can open my home and have somebody else lead the group in my home. But, but you've got to ask questions like, do you like people? <laughs> Number two, what is, your ratio, what is your rate of getting angry when somebody does something wrong? Like, is it like 0 to six, 60 seconds or is it like 0 to 6 days? Are <laughs> ah, you understand what I'm trying to say? What does that mean? That's important. Why? Because after two, three live groups, somebody comes in, they've not been trained how to use the toilet. <laughs> and they pee all over your walls, you know, like, oh, what kind of filthy people are these? In church, they stand up, raise their hand. You're going to have funny things happen. Why? Because please understand, when you get people together, it's a mess. It's a mess. It's a mess. They're going to bring children. They're going to play on the floor. They're going to draw things on your carpet. It's a mess. And that's why when you go to the store and you're checking out and there is this nice magazine that says houses in 2023, modern living, you pick up and you're like, wow. I want a kitchen like that. Wow. I want a living room like that. You can if you don't have kids. You can if you don't cook. Are you understand what I'm doing? But if you get people, you're going to have a mess. And so at that time you have to decide, hey, what do I want? Do I want to be, keep being the person who lifts others up, no matter what the cost, I'll find a way to get around all these things because these things I can work with, but I want to become that person who lifts others up. Am I making sense to you? And so as I close, I want to say this to you, IFC, and I say this nicely to you, that we are not a church who has life groups. We are a life group that has a church. What that means, that means that everybody in the church in the course of this year, maybe you don't, you know, we have some of the groups that are starting the ne- not, not this week, week after next, we're going to start putting up next week onwards you know, what timings and things like that. Um, find a group. Maybe you were in a group last year and you say, you know what, I want to try another group. Well, this is what we are going to do the whole month of February. You know, you can go try out other groups. You can go say, you know, I'm going to go Tuesday, I'm going to go Wednesday, I'm going to Thursday. And you like, you know what, I like Thursday, let's go Thursday. You know, you can say, I'm going to, whatever it is, find a group. Don't just do it because all your friends go there. If your friends go there, don't go there. Why? Because you're going to remain the same way all throughout your life. Find a group where everybody is different. Find a group where God says you should be here. Why? Because they will help you. And so I want to encourage you
this is part of who we are as a church and i want us as a church to be connected to one another amen that means find a place that you can say hey why are you going to this life group number 1 because i prayed and god spoke to me that i should be part that should be your number 1 others can be number 2 number 3 but i like their purpose. i like but first should be one god says you know no one encourage maybe you're busy right now your things going on you're going to still going to school or whatever it is but pray take it seriously this year and see god move in your life i'm going to close out the service this morning